0: Love,
1: talk Radio. It's time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is an in-depth look at things affecting today's veteran. The Basser Hour is sponsored by www.hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another fabulous edition of the Basser Hour. Today is a beautiful November 7, 2019. The rest of the year disappeared, it's gone. We're heading toward the end of the year. With me today is my co host, the Missouri Marauder, Mr. Gerald Cook. And we have a special guest today, it's Dr. Craig Bash. Dr. Bash is a veteran's medical advisor, and Dr. Bash is like bold. He knows the VA. How are you doing, Dr. Bash?
2: I'm good. I'm good. If you guys want to get me, we might as well start out. You can Google on me, Craig Bash, and look at my website. You know, mm-hmm. www.veteransmedadvisor.com, mm-hmm. or call Skip. Skip is nine two five three eight one seven five six one for for scheduling talk. Nine two five three eight one. Yep, nine two five three eight one seven five six one. Okay,
1: so if y'all need to get a hold of Dr. Bash, and you just taking the appointment of the exam, get a hold of Skip, and Skip will open the door for you and put you right in Dr. Bash's front yard. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So how's how's it going, Dr. Bash? You' been pretty busy.
2: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, lots of lots of patients. You know, the, uh Krieger always keeps me updated on the new rules, and he said that the cardiac the cardiac system now is being all boiled down to something called METs, the metabolic equivalent yeah. units. You know. What's your no more hypertension. That, I mean. No more. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a function. What's, you know, it's a measure of function. It's a measure of function, so it makes sense that way. But there's a lot of things that could be wrong that might not be represented with the nets very well. You know, so it's kind of a watered you know, down always, version.
1: The, the old The old schedule always used, uh, you know, the ejection practice as far as the heart pumpability, which I guess is the the, the percentage of blood ejected into the heart pump. And yeah, it kind of gave you a strength that way. And that used to be the gold standard, you know. Cardiologists use it like yeah. crazy, you know. But uh, yeah. so the VA used it too, but I think they're trying to get away from that. I don't know what they're doing, but I, I, I'm not a fan.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's a boil down. You know, they've taken 20 codes and boiled them down to one code to simplify it for the Raiders, you know. And then the mm-hmm. Mets, they're using that Mets scale. And, uh, yeah. Well, they, Sometimes the Mets just like normal. Yeah, Because right. they don't have There's you know. no gauge for meds Right you know, When I mean, that they when do you. They treadmill They do treadmill oxygen thing But mm-hmm. there's also an estimate You know a lot of veterans can't do the treadmill thing So you have to estimate it And then what they'll do is they'll have mm-hmm. their doctor estimate it And it'll be different than my estimate They'll take their doctor's me mm-hmm. Because there's no real number like
1: you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah I agree with you It's going to be about hopefully they get the court And get reversed and get back to where they were doing it the right way Anyhow, we're going to discuss a lower spine today. You no, know, I know a lot of veterans that have got spinal issues and uh, still some of the lower spine. And uh, what's
2: some of the uh, conditions a person get affected in the lower spine, Doctor Bass? Right. yeah you know, one of the main one of the main things that confuses people a lot. I'm moving around a little bit. If I drop off, but one of the main things that confuses people are these S words. You know, S words. And so one of them is spondylosis. Spondylosis. O O S I S, spondylosis. And that's kind of a, a generic term for arthritis, you know, spinal arthritis. It can encompass a lot of things. You know, so there's another word, there's another word called spondylolisthesis. And you know, is slippage. And that's when you have these two bodies that slide over each other. And then the third one of the S's is called spondylolysis. And the lysis is a fracture of the PARs, PARs inarticularis. And so that lysis, is important because that's what like gymnasts get when they jump on the mat with the arched, back arched. That's the same thing the parachuters get when they land, you know, with the back arched. And so, so you get a lot of those spondylitis and spondylitis that are overlooked. I see, you know, all the time. I see those get missed because it's complicated. And, you know, the general practitioners don't understand it either. And it's really just a confusion of the terms and the words, and the words are spelled very similarly, and so it's confusing. So that's something I always look for, and it's also a very fertile area for retroactive awards you know, because those diseases go overlooked. You know, it's classic. They'll have something called a pars defect, which is a spondyl ISIS and the radar won't see it in the record to so get those big retroactive awards for those guys. That's good. There's a lady named Espinosa. Is Espinosa on the radio now?
1: Not yet. No. She, she she does have a number, do not
2: she? Yeah, I gave it to her. Yeah, so well. Uh, one of the things that, that, you know, you're asking about spine disease, and there's lots of different things that can happen in the spinal cord, you know, fractures and tumors and disc disease. And a lot of stuff boils down to what happens to the nerves, you know. So if the yeah. nerves get squeezed, the exiting nerves, like little pieces of spaghetti that stick out, if those guys get squeezed, then you have things like foraminal stenosis, which you see a lot mm-hmm. of in your reports like moderate, mild, moderate, severe left or right. And so that can give you a single nerve root and that can be caused by arthritis in the uh vertebral bodies and also from disc disease. The disc can rupture sideways and backwards and cause those nerve roots to be damaged. And then when the nerve roots get damaged, then you have the long term you know, the long long track findings like sciatica and you have loss of reflexes like in your knee and your ankle. Mm-hmm. And so those can be rated you know, those ridiculous symptoms, those long-track, ridiculous muscle motor problems, and reflexes mm-hmm. can be rated. Each, each of those nerves, L4-5, l five, the one they rate them. And, and so you can get um, ratings for each one of those categories. And then something mm-hmm. else happens a lot of times, long-track is the bladder. And that's the patient's going to talk about what she call it. The bladder can be rated, you know, up to 60%. And then a lot of times when they have bladder problems, they have bowel problems, because the you know, the mirrors that run both of those things are in a similar region. And so the bowel yeah. can be up, it applies 100%, you know, it depends on what your leakage is. Those well, are the things right. usually the patients don't want to talk about. You know, like if I talk to a patient, I'll say, hey, do you have bowel, bladder problems? They'll say, no, no. i will say, do you have any problems at nighttime? Like how many times you get up at nighttime? They'll say, I get up at five or six times a night. Well, that's one of the criteria for VA radians, that number of times you get up at nighttime. So a lot of times Perfect. you have to ask the question two or three times to get some, you know, patient to be confident with you. So let's let's the bowel,
1: the let normal. me ask I you the, let let me ask you the million dollar question. Say, uh what's with uh spondyl, spondyl, yeah. It's uh say if you got arthritis, you had a bone spur and the bone spur is actually pressing on a nerve root on, on your vertebrae. Yeah. Okay, say say you had fusion, spinal surgery, and they removed that bone spur. Yeah. What's what type of damage does that bone spur do when it when, when it compresses a nerve? Is, is it is it a long standing or or is it yeah. really quick? Yeah.
2: So when I see patients who have you know new onset spine problems, we usually ask them about sensory sensory loss, you know, numbness, tingling, and pain. So a lot of times you'll get numbness, tingling, and pain, and those things can be fairly reversible with surgery. You know, you start mm-hmm. when you start to have this motor problem when you damage the nerve to the point where you have motor loss, strength loss, or leg mm-hmm. atrophy. A lot of times, if they take the bone spur down, your example or distance disease, that, that motor problem will persist. You know, so yeah. it's not that uncommon for people to have chronic. You know, problems. So I used to tell patients if they have pain, you know, don't go to surgery because surgery sometimes causes more pain. You know, depending on what kind of mm-hmm. and so on. But if you have motor real motor loss, you're losing the valve, bladder. Sexual function or leg weakness, falling down, foot drop, then that's really for sure you have to you know, get it fixed because you have a kind of a short window there, maybe even a week or two. Sometimes you might return function. Oh, okay. You know, stuff like that. So the
1: worse the damage is, the longer the worse the prognosis is. Yeah, it. you know, you, kill, you
2: know, because you know, it, it's blood supply. It's like the grass in your yard. You know, if the sprinkler goes out, the grass dies. And if the nerve, if a mm-hmm. nerve dies from Compression or blood loss, and it's not going to it's not going to grow back, you know, very mm-hmm. well. Some of the, some peripheral nerves grow, some, but a lot of times you might have permanent, you know, same with the cord. That's part of the the idea with spinal cord injury, neck or low back. You only know, want to treat them early so you don't have a pr- chronic. Brain, you know, same thing. At time as brain stroke, right? Stroke mm-hmm. or heart attack. You're trying right. things you trying to quickly. Preserve. You mentioned
1: blood loss. So that me call. What was that? claudulation or what is that?
2: uh yeah the spine has a pretty fragile fragile blood supply actually there's only a couple places where it's redundant so Mm -hmm. if you get some kind of a damage to the blood supply to the cord like the anterior spinal artery for example you'll get anterior cord syndrome and that's you know most places a lot of places in the body have dual supplies like around the brain you have a lot of places that have dual supply you know the spinal cord is kind of unusual it has small little vessels and a lot of times they're Single vessels, so, so they can cause mm. a lot of damage in tight space. Yeah.
1: I don't see that a lot in the VA. I mean, you know, it's kind of odd that you see that actually more because that's one of the Social Security requirements is the uh, for for damage is claudulation in order to be rated, you know, for
2: total, oh, yeah. permanent
1: Social Security. Yeah. So called You might be ta-
2: you might be ta- yeah. talking about claudication, right? Claudication. Yeah. yeah so that's like when you walk. Yeah. You know, when you walk, you get this pain called claudication. It can be yeah. neurogenic in origin or it can be vascular in origin, like in your legs, your calves, right? calf muscles. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you're talking yeah. about, I think. There. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mo- mostly in my experience, all the Social Security's getting a lot harder now. You know, over 55 is part of the threshold, and they always yeah. been pretty supportive of patients that have spine disease. I've had people get Social Security benefits in a week with bad spine disease. You know. In the right. Calf. So, but um, and they don't mess around with the brain. The brain's a big deal with Social Security. So yeah. you know, if you get those things documented well then you should be able to pass through there.
1: Yeah, then I've seen people with terminal cancer get turned down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know, I was talking yeah. to this is wild. I to one of my patients last week and she works at the headquarters of Social Security in Baltimore, Social Security Boulevard, right? And she's yeah. a high level basically like a DRO it sounds like the equivalent. Right. And she's been doing she's done about three thousand cases in the last ten years. And she said that I was asking her, she said that in 10 years she hasn't seen a case yet that there was a letter of support by the primary doctor. And she says we need that letter of support from the primary doctor to help grant the case. And, you know, most states now pay the primary doctor $35 to fill out that form, which is like a DVQ form, which, you know, doesn't happen. So she said in the 3,000 cases, she's never seen it. So I said, well, what happens on your side? So, well, those guys, those cases all come to us and we have doctors on our side. And what do they do? He says, well, they get $100 an hour and they just turn them down because there's no supporting evidence. So, yeah. you know, that's, you know, the my letters for DA are also really useful for social critics. they need that, they're thirsty for that data, you know, that clinical data from the bedside to filter to help them decide. It works both ways. You know, you. A lot of folks use your other Social Security too, I mean,
1: if you got if you disable the VA one hundred percent, and you know, it, yeah, Social Security's going to follow suit either way you go, even though their yeah. structure is different, you know. So, but they should.
2: the other
3: Doctor uh Now, if if you're uh, like anemic, uh, pretty bad anemic. Uh, that, that could affect your spinal cords and and then in a sense because if you're uh, super low on blood, uh, yeah. uh, right. you're not going to yeah. get the proper nourishment or whatever it takes to operate the spinal cord. So if you have uh, uh, neuropathy of the legs, uh, yeah, uh, like Russell Slade syndrome or something, that could contribute to a spinal cord uh, issue, couldn't it? But, due to lack of blood. Yeah, how could long does you, your rare, blood but... have to get? Um, I don't know how low,
2: but um, the thought, your thought's right. The idea that the spinal cord, if you have some kind of blood supply problem in the spinal cord, you have know, vascular occlusion or maybe a blood clot in, or your Spinal arteries, or even really low red cells, and you can get ischemia, you know, like you're talking about ischemia, like in the brain, and the cord can become dysfunctional. And then the result of that could be the spasms and so on that happen to your legs. So the spinal cord could cause leg problems, like you'd have, you know, for spinal cord people. From That's just a different cause. The legs themselves won't cause the spine problem in the reverse direction, but the spine could cause leg problems. Does that make sense?
3: Uh, yes, it does. Uh, yeah. What about uh, scoliosis? Now, I've seen people with scoliosis mm-hmm. that, you know, look terrible. I mean, they look like a big ass there on their back. Uh, yeah. could, could that uh, contribute to it? <clears throat> yeah, so you know,
2: most everybody has some scoliosis because... Sometimes it can progress You know people That's where you see people Come to service a little bit And then they end up On the way out They look like Hunchback of Notre Dame Or something You know like you're talking about So That could all be rated And so that scoliosis Can then cause problems Like it can squeeze The nerve roots On one side of the Concavity And they can stretch them On the, on the uh, Convexity And then The vertebrae Can compress Or fracture And they can get twisted So it's like All kinds of things That can happen With the scoliosis. And then that sclerosis can also cause secondary problems, like with the lungs, because the lung might start to collapse and not be able to breathe well. And you might have fall you might fall down because you can't look up, and you might have skin break. You know, it's like a lot of things can happen because your body's not in balance. So, that, you know, I see a lot of, I think a lot of soldiers have that, you know, they have the extra backpack weight, so they have a parachute jump and get a little small one-side compression fracture, and then they start to get this sclerotic curve that develops.
0: Yeah, I
3: can see that being a major issue. Uh, yeah. Along with the blood pain, you know, I hadn't thought about the blood pain on your spinal column, but it makes sense. Yeah. It sure does.
2: Yeah, those vessels are really small. They're some of the smallest little vessels for nervous structures, you know, you see the, the spinal cord ones are very small. You know, spinal cord's not very big itself, right? So, you know, they size your thumb and then the vessels on
3: top of that it was tiny, you now. So. Huh? Well, that would be a tough one to get rated. I imagine, uh, because how would you prove that your spinal <laughs> issue was due to loss of blood? You know, Krieger
2: and I, Krieger and I sat around one time about twenty years ago. We had a case just like that, and it was like um, the patient had a angiogram. Angiogram was done. And so, um, hang on a second. So, um, had the the angiogram that was done. And when they did the angiogram, they threw a clot into one of those little small arteries at Adam Kowitz, like I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And so that occluded the spinal artery, and the person had a spinal cord injury from that. And so, Bill and I sat around for about three weeks trying to figure out how to rate, how to how to get this granted, you know? And we kept going, man, oh, what's, you know, this is, this is a complication, and, you know. Then we stumbled across this idea of um, of expected outcome. You know, so the expected outcome of an angiogram is not to have the patient up with a spinal cord occlusion and vessel occlusion and stroke to spinal cord. The expected outcome is to have a good outcome, right? 90% chance. And so we use that idea that. The, the doctor wasn't intent, like, intensely trying to hurt the patient. It wasn't a skill problem. It, was just, it wasn't the expected outcome, and so they granted it. So we've used that a lot since then. The idea of you know, it's just expected outcome or you know, patient patient poor outcome. Because in the old days, you know, 1151, was 1151 came. Clean. In the old days, 1151 was you know more was kind of automatic if the outcome was bad. But now it's more based on skill in some ways. But the last sentence mm-hmm. talks about you know, the expected outcome, so we use that. But, yeah, so could that, they,
3: that blood flow to the spinal cord. Could they draw a fluid off of your spine in order to tell if it was getting the adequate uh, blood flow? Uh,
2: no, we don't really do that, but we do like these angiograms, you know, like I was just talking about. We put a caper yeah. in, and you shoot you shoot contrast into the cord, and um, the vessels around the cord, and you can see what's being
3: Oh, I see, I see, right. yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, that guy's called an interventional radio. It's a pretty good attack. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it's a measuring uh, uh, mechanism, so, uh, yeah, you could you could tell that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: That's so, it. Well, MRIs now are getting pretty good at that too. You know, some of the low, you know, high-tech scans. So we're getting some idea what you know, what the blood. You know, as a secondary measure of what the cord is doing. Hmm.
1: What's the uh, level of spinal cord injury, Doctor Bash? Say, say, if you're a parachute, you jump out of a lot of planes. And on your last jump in the army before you retire, you hit the ground too hard, and your legs go numb and you can't walk. What's, what, yeah. what what type of severity are those saying? I, mean, I know you've got you've suffered from injury yourself, so
2: yeah, I'm a C6 seven but you know parachutes get a lot of neck injuries too because they jump out and they get that whiplash, you know, and blast, mm-hmm. and they, so the, the guys that halo jumpers guys high altitude those guys get a big whiplash in the neck too when they're coming down.
1: Yes. So
2: um you can get neck injuries along with it. And then um Lumbar spine it depends you know, it just depends on what like I've had a lot of guys that fall and they, they by the wind and fall backwards and they end up with a thoracic spine injury, you know? You know they fall and just jump on the back and they'll get like a I don't know four or five is a common level that can be affected. But I've got a little report that talks about all the different levels of by it. like frequent uh, x-ray findings. So, you know, it's a, it can happen at several different levels. of depends on how you feel, how much weight you have, was your body straight or crooked, you know, and the wind blowing. So,
1: hmm. do you have that on your website? The person look at if they want to look at the levels and the... Uh... I, guess the I, could up, I
2: could put up a little, I could put up the article, I could put that article up for you. Mm. Get that up there. You know, put it up so a can little can note put here. put a
1: link to it. We can put a link to it. Yeah. I mean, these people, you know, they want to educate themselves as to what's going on with the issue. Yeah. Things like that. It helps
2: them a lot. I got a little graph on the spine.
1: What, uh, what areas, like, say, if you have an issue down in the lumbar spine,
2: L5S1 area,
1: if you've got yeah. spinal issues
2: there, what, is, that, is that the bowel my there, or what areas does that control? Uh, yeah, I can affect the there. The lower nerve roots kind of affect the sphincter. You know, so you might have sphincter problems where you can't avoid, you know. And... Uh, Kind of thing. You know? it's your out because. then mm-hmm. you know one of the things that's common is common loss of the reflex of your of your, of your sacral reflex, your, yeah, okay. your, uh, your um, Achilles reflex, and so that can product uh-huh. foot drop. That's that's kind of. get yeah, drop, Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: right. Get the orph out of you gotta get it in there
1: to help out. Yeah. You
2: know?
1: That's pretty sad. Now, what, what relation do they have to,
2: uh, to the about sensory nerves
1: too? Is it just different things they control or give
2: it lower or what? What What's you Jack? The accessory uh, nerve? Yeah, sensory. Yeah, so sensory. Yeah. The E8. Um, we talked about the cart, right? Is kind of gone to a system where they're going to do? They want to use EMGs now mostly for the for the um, for the sensory motor problems, and, and instead of being relying on light touch and reflexes and on um, you know ice cube tests, try and start going towards uh, using EMGs. So that's another of those tests, but the problem is that EG's are only, you know, so about 50% accurate. So, you know, it's still another you know, one of those things where the test is going to be, the test might be falsely, falsely negative, and the patient's not going to get benefits for it. So, that may be another one of those things you have to go to the court to get worked out. You know, because it's,
1: not, so there it's we, not a fair. There fit to, so, the, there fit to, so they're only So they're only 50% accurate,
2: reliable. Uh yeah, uh, so it depends on it's operated, you know, but 50, yeah. eight 50, test, eight tests, you know? And So, yes, if you're going to substitute that for anything else, you're not going to allow for ice tests, not going to allow for any kind of other sensory light touch. I mm-hmm. think this is your I'm so checking. I know it's a painful. I know
1: that's a painful test. I know that's a painful test. I've had a bunch yeah, of, them a lot right, of right, right,
2: right, times. Right. Then, yeah, then right. I've, and had, patient, I've had i had two. Go ahead. Well patients know it's painful too, and they might refuse it. If they refuse it. I you know that side. So I, don't know. I like it. I don't like it. I know
1: the ones that I've had. Myself, personally, you know, I have had I think I've had eight or nine of them, but only about three or four of them showed them dick Dick's life, and the other four didn't show anything. I got one of them showed them. Right, it, one show. you for it, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay. Sure, uh, did this other dude showed some kind of, uh, He came, I think he pulled this out of his rectum, I think it's like a Parsons' Turner syndrome.
3: <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> you know, I, I agree with you. I didn't know
2: they were no, set up. Yeah. I saw that someone, you know. So I saw that they just trained all the ratings for, for um video. Do you remember just we had about that? Did we talk about that video, uh, DBQs? Yes. Is You guys video?
1: What do you do a video DBQ? You get an example up, put it on your website.
2: Oh, video example? Oh, yeah, video DBQ.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, then uh, we could, yeah, we've got the perfect, uh, we got a perfect person to do the exam on. <coughs> yeah, we can do that, you know, just, we just guinea pig. I think I got a volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Who's that?
2: <laughs> Gerald, are you a volunteer here, Gerald? Oh, God
3: Seems like I get volunteered for everybody <laughs> Got me into this
2: <laughs> Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and cure you this time, Gerald instead of make you sicker
3: Oh, <laughs> Wow. Well, this, so. this, this
2: is a benevolent volunteer
3: Yeah So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll have to give them a to do that. Right, 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 right. They have those things. So I just talked, they, just, but they said that they just did a bunch of training nationwide on the Raiders to help them understand how the interpreter rate with video DVTs, which is a big deal because they were trying to block that for a while, you know. And so the chief the chief of VA benefits just ordered, I think, all the Raiders to be trained in the SESCLAJ.
3: Well, it's just a check in the box type of situation. I mean, you know, uh, it would help if they had some common sense when they went to checking on them box. So many of them don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doctor Bess, what format do you do? I mean, as far as when you do your uh, when
1: you when you do your video exams. Are you, the, like FaceTime, are you using like a FaceTime, or you using like a Skype, or what do you use uh, more than Oh yeah,
2: I use I use whatever whatever the patient can get to, you know. I like mm. I like FaceTime a lot because it's on my iPhone, and a lot of patients have yeah. it. and It's easy. But another one that we use a lot, I used to use Skype. But Skype somehow has got more complicated. I think they like require to sign in or something. I don't
1: know. So oh, it was yeah. a little bit
2: harder. But there's another one called another one called Google Duo. Google Duo that okay. we use a lot it seems to be pretty. You just download it. It seems to be pretty easy to Google yeah, it seems to be pretty easy. I haven't many problems with that one. And um so but I'm open, you know, if patients have one they like, I'll use it too. Doesn't matter me. But um I don't record it. I just use my brain to look at the picture and then I make some notes and do my um do my um you know, do the GDQ How do you do measurements on it? I uh, he's my little. I've got a little goniometer, you know. I can just look at him. He's my little, little clear, little clear going measurements. And then I oh, do so a lot you can of do it. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. I was wondering things. how I climb stairs, for squat. I see if they have a cane. You know, I can, I can hot seat. I can check for plantar fat. I have not pushed on, on on arch and you know, check for pain. And then, um, I can do like I can do ice cube tests and see for sensation. And um, no. Range, range you know, range of motion and the big hallways football, or how they get mm. up out of the chair, these armrests all that stuff. That I can see, you know, if they're winded. You know, sometimes like, you know, I get an idea with the skin looks you know, skin color. Scars are hard, you know, skin stuff's hard because you can't really get a good picture of them, it.
1: Yeah, it's hard to see. It's hard. Lighting it's is hard to you know. The lighting issues. Lighting is About just
2: three, right? yeah, three-dimensional. It's hard with the camera 'cause only like two. Mm-hmm. So, I
1: so give, t- give you a little quick tip. I give you a little quick tip from what I've learned: if the person that you're, having, that you're examining, if they've got access to uh, a black or a blue, a bed sheet or any any quilts that's a solid color, have them hang it up behind them, and that'll cut out any white light in the room and make it look a lot better.
2: That's what I do with my video, right? I have a black screen behind me. <laughs> right. sure true. Right, same thing. It works really nice. Yeah, it's very very good. It's a good idea. Well, done, yeah, but sometimes these I've guys done. will have patients that will be in the like in front of the slotting glass doors or whatever. I can't see anything, you know? So that's a good idea. You, know, yeah.
1: you have to. Plus, Plus the video. person has got to be able you know, to. It's better to try to do, up? Better to, be to do it in the comfort of one's home. It's better to try to do it in the comfort of one's home. Or in an office, seeing yeah. somewhere that, you know, that's got that already set up. And uh, it's hard to do it in a public yeah. place. Or an airport that I've heard you done before. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I've done an airport. <laughs> yeah. i yeah. coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, I've done it in all kinds of places.
3: Um, it's called a Starbucks. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like
3: mm. they think
2: I'm a chiropractor. You know, Are you a chiropractor? You said, you know, people are giving massages in airports now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so. But did, did there, you,
3: do they yeah. have a, peace, peace. a DBQ for being ugly?
2: Uh, uh, I think so. <laughs> uh,
3: well, I know yeah, when we... I went in the service, I was mighty fine looking going to the girls.
0: <laughs>
2: that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm.
3: Now that, you that should good servers Should
2: be rated. Lots of looks like lots of, <laughs> of looks. Lots of looks Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
3: mm-hmm.
1: Facial disfiguration is a pretty high rating.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh-huh. now you might, maybe that's it. <laughs> facial disfiguration
2: Yeah. Facial.
1: You know, they
3: have software now.
2: They have software now that can pick out. Like children's faces, and they can back back it up trying to figure out what the genetics are They're based on the facial structure, you know, size. Oh and yep. nose. so you can get all these genetic, all these. I mean, do, doctors, children's doctors used to be pretty good at that. They could look at kids if they had a lot of experience, and they could say this person has Turner syndrome, this person has that, just by looking at them But there's other diseases now that the computer can pick out. With these very subtle, you know, the ratio between the nose. The nose kind of folds and the forehead and the face between the forehead and the eyebrows, and all kinds of stuff they can measure.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Medical science.
3: Yeah, well, I've had that's my own wife. Yeah. Yeah, Facial that's
2: recognition, pretty cool, though. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool
3: this, <laughs> I did get a letter from from the VA wanting me to do this genetic thing. And uh oh, wait, for
2: your oh yeah for the thousand million project. Yeah. Uh huh.
3: Yeah. But I didn't do it. Yeah, I got those too. Yeah. I I don't want don't want to play their games. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be you know once that's going to be big data because you're gonna have a million Man Inside. Well, it'd be fine if it was true but they want to manipulate every doggone bit of information they get, so uh that's a, that's a major issue.
2: Yeah. That's trouble. I was talking to my I was talking to my eye doctor today and we were talking about the coding, you know, because V A has coding but it's different than so VA has sixty five sixty thousand. Code. You know, so, doctors are trying to code stuff, which is crazy because it's so. And so, you know, trying to code this stuff so it, so it matches up with what they have in the clinic. Like, you know, if they have one code that's off, they don't get paid for a visit or a test or a machine that they need to use. So, we code use code and things that are kind of close to what they should be or what they are, you know, because you don't have the exact code. And then, you know, the, somebody in the government's going to take that and try and figure out who's treating who for what. And it's going to be hard because the codes aren't going to match up with really what's going on in the clinic, you know. codes are really more there to pay for what than they are there for what the diagnosis is, I mean? So it's kind of twisted the way it's going to be used probably.
3: Yeah, they abuse everything. Or in their opinion... <laughs> So. Right, 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 right,
1: right
2: So But
3: But this final issue is pretty interesting I didn't realize blood played Such a role, I guess You know, stop thinking about it It does <laughs> uh, Yeah, like the universal Yeah please. Yeah Yeah
1: no co no me. Um Dr. Bash, do, I mean, you, I know you do a lot of zymos for a lot of patients. It's got a lot of history, like uh you know, you got a lot of patients with long long standing spinal problems and do you ever go back through the file and get the patient to give you their old MRIs and stuff? do you go do you double
2: check those against you know, and,
1: and
3: uh,
2: against I what can the do doctors have I've done <clears throat> uh radiologists do a lot, you know, I put up a whole board full of stuff and compare we always you know it's really true stand to look and see whether the new stuff is better or worse the same versus the old you know cuz that's what you want to do yeah. for treatment you know it's just it's just piracy, yeah so yeah so i can do that I mean sometimes i can do it for a novelty if i'm curious about what's going on you know but it's a mm-hmm. little harder now cuz you know there's so many films you got to have a real imaging center some of these places have you know they have big boards like you know the imaging centers I have <clears throat> You know, six, eight, ten screens, 20 screens.
3: Yeah, that's... And then
2: you can put all these images up and you can also run them through. If they're all in your same program, you can run them through your own system and compare. Them. When I was at NIH, we had, we were doing patients with MRs of the brain. We were doing, I don't know, 30 patients who were scanning them every month for decades. And then we took sure. those scans and we, re- we put them into a slicer, you know, into a computer slicer, basically, and re sliced them yeah. so they're all the same slices. Then we can make movies. Mm-hmm. We can make a movie and show how the MS lesions grew and disappeared over time. And so all of stuff show is possible. Technology. It's a huge amount of computer power you know, do that. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't ordinarily do it. The imaging I use is if um, – because you know, the VA rating schedule is not that heavily based on imaging. There is a lot of it It's not, not direct correlation. So say, for example, a person jumps out of a plane and they have back pain. And they go out and they get an MRI scan, and then the MRI scan is negative. That's the one I want to see because I want to see that MRI to prove to myself that it's negative because it's probably not negative. And the same thing like for a knee or whatever. And they might have a negative one now and one older one was positive. And I might go back and look at those and start look and see what is really going on You know, Maybe it got worse. So maybe a guy, has, maybe a guy had a negative, say so he had jumped out of plane again, has a 10% for his lumbar spine or something, and he had an MRI scan that's positive. And he comes back in for a C&P exam a decade later and he's got foot drop and so on. And the MRI scan is normal, but I, that's yeah. the one I want to see. You know, let's see that and see if it's really normal. It's probably not normal. So, so yeah, you know, I certainly okay. pick those. You know, chest X-rays, knee x ray any of the imaging that I need to see for those reasons, I'll look at, and revalidate. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. So okay, um, I've done routinely. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. so I can spend the, my next couple
2: decades. I guess spend my next couple of decades just reading old films if I wanted to, but it's not really going to be. That productive. <laughs> you know, have you ever a patient, right? Have
1: you ever found one? Have you ever had a patient uh, file a claim and get denied, and they, they tell them there's nothing wrong, and yeah. you get your hands on the that original uh, MRI read and, and uh... that, that, well, that, that, that was a lot. That was a lot. Would that be a, so? Would that be a tort claim too? Well, Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was a, it was a VA film, totally. I mean, yeah, so, so that
2: would be Yeah, but so they had a spinal cord injury and yeah, treated at. in time. Yeah, so right. the guy jumps on a plane again, hurts his back, and now he has his foot drawn. And they go to the ice mm-hmm. can and read really it as normal. This guy that's mm-hmm. the I'll tell you, I'll uh, I
1: got a, he's a habit member, a good guy. Uh, he's 100%. He uh, lives down in Tennessee, out in the country, and he wrecked a four-wheeler, uh, ATV, good. and it rolled over on his shoulder. Oh. So <laughs> ago, He goes to months really. He's clicked out, and uh, they did an x-ray, and the uh, doctor got to roll over his shoulder, and the nurse acute from the, the uh, drug-seeking person. So it kept hurting. So two weeks later, he went to another doctor, and they did another x-ray, and the shoulder actually was broken.
2: All right. So so, so uh, there's a lot, you know, straight and simple. So what happens sometimes is it has an angle, x-ray angle, and you can get the angle that yeah. so you can't see the fracture. That's one thing. The other thing that happens is that a week, 10 days, the bones, the bones get resorbed osteoclastic one for repair the process, kind of like concrete, yeah. old crack out, yeah. so the, yeah. the bone's kind of like that, so at week or 10 days, it's often, in radiology, will say re x raying week or 10 days because it might be able to find a fracture you didn't see before, so that's kind of a mm. common thing that happens, but it could have been it was on their first film, and it was missed mm. you know, it's thing that happens, you know, radiology's not perfect either, so um, mm. you know, stuff like that, but they also have, there's some bias in the system too, because yeah. Well, I was in, when I did my training, I was in the VA hospital, and they had, you know, a lot of raiders, a lot of ratings came through the department. And they only had one guy; they only let one guy out of fourteen doctors read the X-rays. So yeah. I was training, and I go, "Well, I want to see. I'm just curious about these ratings, you know, because in my case is rated, and I want to see." No, no, you can't go. You can't go watch the guy do the films. So what do you mean you can't watch the guy? You know, I'm in training. you know, training. No, you can't do it. He does it in the dark room by himself, nobody sees. So. You know, so once I heard about that, then when I get these negative reports, X-ray reports, whatever, I remember that guy in that room doing it by himself, and I think, well, maybe he wasn't reading them quite as strictly as he could be reading them, you know, or whatever. So I mm-hmm. started doing that, and I found out that a lot of these cases that are read out as normal are not normal. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm thinking of QTC, you know, QTC, LHI, all those guys, too, you know, get our hands on that stuff. Those are, like, impossible. I'm not sure I've ever even seen one of those yet. They're, like, vaulted up. You can't, you know. So, yeah. You know, it's good to get a hold of that stuff. And I had the same thing How on a hearing test. I was in D.C. and the guy had, he couldn't hear, talked me on the phone. He was and you know, He had bad hearing. He couldn't hear me. So he went to, to the exam and they gave him normal hearing. sent him out to Leesburg and he came out with 50% uh, rating for hearing loss. So, yeah. you know, you'll see me when I do tests, a lot of times the patients so how can we redoing the test? Well so I wanna find out if it's really right sometimes we'll go the in place or sometimes I'll look at it myself or you know, whatever. Mm. make it work. But that's
1: you know good,
2: so uh, that's... you know, there's weighted things are weighted, you know, there's a lot of things weighted against the veteran in some places. Mm. <laughs> it's not right,
1: but. Hey, well have you ever found have you ever found the missed bottle coding? Uh
2: yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah, I was uh <laughs> I was, my my son found it he's playing lacrosse somewhere and his buddy his buddy um, his buddy got hit in the cross and he's having neck pain or whatever so my son says, you gotta get a CT scan so he goes and gets the CT scan and they basically called it normal my, my son goes no it's not normal you gotta see my dad so he comes over to the house with his CT scan he's sitting in the kitchen eating a burrito you know and I put his, yeah. I, put his <laughs> I put his film up on the on my computer and I go you know, holy shoot, man, you've got a spinal cord injury, your, your two eyes are teetering on the edge of disaster, and I called my neurosurgeon buddy, and he's like in the ER, York, you know, five hours later, but yeah, it, ha- you know, it happens, you know, it's just, you know there's lots of lot this stuff, not everybody has the same skill level, you know, reading films, and sometimes the doctor's tired, coming off call. You know, there's fallibility yeah. throughout the whole system, but that's why we have redundancy and try and check up on each other and try to minimize the
1: gas. Hey, nobody's perfect. That's right. It's real. Um,
3: we perfect. do have a caller here called in.
1: Well, who's calling 610? Oh,
3: well, let's see who we got. <clears throat>
0: Hello, uh, 610. Uh, who do we have here? Hi, this is Christina. Oh hi you?
3: Christina, how are you? That's Gerald Cook. We have Dr. open match on. If you have any uh, questions or comments, uh, feel free to speak up. Yeah. So you have
2: a spinal, uh, cord injury, spinal cord injury, I think, right? Did you say something about spinal cord?
0: Hi Dr. Bash. Yes, yeah, uh, working with Dr. Bash has been great. Yeah, Dr. Bash, I just received the news. I have a spinal stenosis. And uh, they said in my cervical spine, I have a disc that's bulged out. They didn't say the extent or what's going on, um, but I've been having pain, and I just found out the other day. And I just found out yesterday I have, yeah, another issue, another medical issue as well.
2: numbness and tingling in your hands and stuff like that? Is it your neck?
0: Uh, Yeah, so my neck hurts. I have pain in the back of my neck. Uh, pain moving my neck down. Mm-hmm. I have um, tingling on my like my left hand and my left arm.
2: Uh, no. So it's
0: primarily those two. No. no weakness.
2: Can you open jars?
0: Excuse me. Can I open?
2: You have, you have hand weakness. Can you open jars? Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it it's kind of like it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I have a little bit of, like, tingling, but I wouldn't say, like, yeah. necessarily, like, weakness opening a jar. Yeah. yeah we're, just, we're
2: just talking about spinal cord injuries. A lot of times patients will have that numbness and tingling, which is uh-huh. a more minor problem than when the weakness comes along because when you have that weakness, you can't open jars or you drop glasses, and that's something that might be more permanent maybe not be
0: as easily fixed, you know. How about your legs? Uh-huh. Any problems with your legs?
2: Because the neck, neck runs the legs. Are your legs okay?
0: Uh, that I know of, I recently had a problem like walking I could i could feel like a like a pain kind of shoot down. Uh like yeah. from my back leg. to my leg yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it felt I weird. Like yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: On both sides? One side, both sides? Uh
0: it felt more like the left side.
2: Yeah. That can be the one side. Yeah. Yep. So how'd you get that neck injury?
0: I was in the Navy. I was recently discharged. I uh, oh, was discharged recently um, in February. It's hard to say. I worked in the operating room. I uh, did a lot of manual work, uh, constantly moving around, uh, lifting, lifting patients, pushing lifting. patients, yeah. Yeah. moving patients yeah, so from the lift, beds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So when you lift that kind of thing, when you lift your arms, it puts a lot of pressure on your neck, you know. So that means have given you a ruptured disc there. and then, you know, So your neck a lot of times something like that the neck might be twenty percent, and then each arm could be ten or twenty percent for that ridiculopathy and numbness you know tingling mm-hmm. and maybe a weakness, and then the leg that leg could be ten or twenty percent for that sort of thing any, any bowel any bowel, any bladder problems down below? Do you have leak your own stool uh, no,
0: thankfully no, no, that's good. no. Yeah. Yeah. so that's good' it's you just have a primarily
2: for the me I just wanted to, yeah. yeah.
0: Um yeah, questions. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I I saw the doctor I saw the the docs back in November of twenty eighteen and they said I should just go to physical therapy and they gave me all these exercises and then nothing improved. I thought it was primarily an issue with my left shoulder. I thought maybe I had uh what's that? Uh T O S or T O C uh, I was having the numb numbness and tingling. And is there anything like, do I need to go see like a, a neurosurgeon? Like, I'm just concerned at, at this point. Is it going to progressively get worse with aging, or is this something that I need to address quickly? Um, because I am having pain at the yeah. same time. Like, I don't know where to go from here. The VA mm-hmm. just said, hey, we can give you some NSAIDs mm-hmm. and you'll be okay. And yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't yeah. feel.
2: Yep, have you had any imaging done? MRI scan?
0: Uh, they yes, they gave me an MRI of my neck no. only.
2: No. Yeah. So it's all yeah. So it's always good to have a neurosurgeon around to a neurologist to talk to you about these kind of symptoms, you know, if they change. But the, like I said, the sensory stuff is not as worrisome as the weakness, muscle weakness. So I'd still go to the surgeon sooner than later. And then um, that way you have a good contact. And as it turns out, the literature says that, that the uh, disc disease oftentimes over seven years will have the same result with or without surgery if you can get it out for that time period, you know, because the, the disc mm-hmm. will get resorbed or the bone the bone, or the soft tissue will start to heal, and so things will get better. But it's a long time, you know, for that uh-huh. so You have to wait for. It. As you get older, if you have... There's a lot of things can happen. If you get fusion there or surgery someday, then sometimes the discs above and below that will go bad over time. So there's always kind of secondary complications down the road. So I usually try to hold off on surgery until you really need it because, you know, those, those secondary things, plus the chance of infection and other things that could happen. over But if it's, that's why it's good to have a surgeon around because you can look at your whole case and see if it's emergent. If it's not emergent, then you could probably sit on it. And, you know, sometimes physical therapy can make it worse because it you know, the discs are not stable, and if you do a lot of range of motion, it can kind of, kind of, like, it's kind of like overusing a sprained ankle. You know, you have to kind of let it heal. first mm.
0: Is so, there anything I know. can do to, like, prevent anything I can do at home or like lifestyle yeah. Well, life changes?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no lifting, of course. You know, I also I'm a big fan on pillows. You know, when you sleep, because people can get a lot of complications. So. I you know, I use a down pillow. Some people like that my pillow, and, you know, that kind of thing can help. You know, anti-inflammatories might help with the pain a little bit. But um, you've got to find out. The most important thing is, is to make sure you have good imaging. Make sure you take the imaging to the neuro- radio- neuroradiologist the neurosurgeon, and neurosurgeon. Make sure that what you have is what you have. And then once you, once mm-hmm. if we find out that from imaging is pretty a pretty benign thing, second opinion is always good on that. If it's a benign thing, mm-hmm. you can kind of use these benign there's something more serious mm-hmm. that, that people get excited about, then you might have to do surgery up front. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know but it's not the, you know, most of the stuff gets better with time, a lot of it, like I said, mm-hmm. until you get older, mm-hmm. older, your 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. and you start might start to have some more decline.
0: So, as you said, no car Make year... sure you wear a seatbelt. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: a long time. Make yeah. sure you wear a seatbelt. Make sure you have a high back, you know, headrest on your car. Because your neck is mm-hmm. fragile now. If you get in an accident, fall down, or, rear ended or something it could be much worse off because your neck's not as stable as it would be otherwise.
0: Right. I saw some of the diet, the or excuse me, the the lifestyle modifications say to, like drive an SUV, don't ski anymore, yeah. uh, right. Don't fall down. Right. So no right. and then no lifting of weights right. or like
2: Right. Nothing over your head. Uh, yeah. Nothing your over no my, my head. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, Doctor, would a yeah. a uh, neck collar or neck brace uh, be of much use? Uh, you know, periodically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. It takes the
3: stress off yeah. I me mean, once in a while when it got yeah. real bad. Yeah,
2: I kind of like I kind of like little those little, little water bag traction. You know, once again, you got to find out what's going on with the neck. Once you find out if something's stable, you know, not a big maybe. The traction kind of helps because it can pull the bones apart and help the disc
0: kind
2: of uh, reset itself. So I kind of like mm-hmm. that. The neck brace is, you know, great. People like I, I have one when I was first hurt. And I kind of like to keep my neck warm, you know. It <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't yeah. really do too much. Kind of, you know, uh-huh. it does kind of remind you not to move very much, and it does remind people not to kind of run into you and bang you around because you get the brace on, but. Itself, it, mm-hmm. and some people think it might even weaken the neck because the neck muscles get kind of weak because the brace is there. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of dealer's choice if you use the neck brace and you like it and it helps make mm-hmm. the pain go away, like Gerald was saying, and that's good to use. But, you know, once again, you got to go to your main doctor to find out what, mm-hmm. you know, how to you know, put this, you know. It sounds like this over time can get better for you and you could be back to pretty, pretty good function if you don't have an immediate injury, you know?
0: So promising. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Rash. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. You make me feel oh, so yeah. much better. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: yeah. 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 I had my neck injury. I've had neck injury for 35 years, you know. Mine was mm-hmm. auto fused without surgery. I've been pretty much neck pain free for 35 years. I have a lot of neurologic problems walking, so my neck doesn't bother me. Mm, that's, good. that's good. Good news. It's,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's good. Very
2: good.
0: I have a question for you regarding sleep apnea. I don't know if that's on topic mm-hmm. or maybe for another time. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. So yep. I just was told today that I have moderate, uh, severe, or not severe, but moderate sleep apnea. Uh, and just hearing this news is a little bit concerning. Uh, where do I go from here? And do I need the CPAP machine? Uh, and what's it doing <laughs> to my brain? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, yeah, so you, know, you don't want – CPAP is a dangerous disease. I have it myself. I use a CPAP, and I love my CPAP, and I take an naps so, in the afternoon. So your oxygen levels can go down, you know, low, and that's like we are talking about before, it can cause ischemic problems to your brain. So you okay. sound like oh.
3: you're not yeah.
2: – Old, so you probably have good oxygenation anyway. So, but the CPAP can be a problem. So, it depends on what type it is. But a lot of cases, the CPAP does work. Usually, what they'll do is they'll do a sleep study without it, and then they'll do a sleep study with the CPAP, and they'll look and see if mm-hmm. it reverses all of your problems. You know, like your oxygenation level, and see if you're breathing well, and deep brain waves, and mm-hmm. so on. If that's the case, then they'll give you CPAP, and that would be useful. And it's not the new ones now are quiet, and light, and battery operated ones, and there's a lot of oral oral plant that I can use too that might help in some of
3: so. my Here's the key. Um yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, was that did they do they do a sleep study with a CPAP device or not, no? Uh
0: yeah. I had I had a normal I guess a regular sleep study and then last night yeah. I had the CPAP and I tried oh, yeah. the various yeah. ones like the nasal and the mask.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Is there one that's more effective yeah. or generally? Well,
2: yeah, uh, it depends on your pressures. If your pressures are less than eight, I think you can use the nasal the nasal cushion ones. So there's one mm-hmm. that little cushions that go on your nose, and there's one that goes over your nose, and there's one that goes over your nose and mouth. So I've tried all three mm-hmm. of them myself. I like the one over the nose and mouth, because sometimes your nose gets plugged up for whatever reason, you know. I think to, mm-hmm. to get rid of the humidifier, because I think it's just a source of bacteria growth. And most of the time you just breathe in room air anyway, so I don't think you're going it, but anyway, that's personal preference. Mm-hmm. And then when I get, when mm-hmm. I get like a, an extra piece of tubing, I take my tubing and put another six-foot tubing to connect it together, give myself a mm-hmm. room, and I can hook it on a hook on the ceiling and have the easier thing to roll around a bit. It's not tugging on me all the time. That helps. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then there's a place, I think there's a website called CPAP Man. They have all kinds of different types of CPAP you know, devices you can try.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so don't... don't you probably didn't sleep very well with CPAP device because you had all these wires on you last night. But when you get used to it, you know, it's like a scuba diver or airplane pilot, you know, fighter pilot, pilot, just a little mask with oxygen. Like I said, I love it. Like I'll take a nap in the afternoon. I'll put my CPAP on and pull my blankets over my head. It's all dark. Just take it easy. It's a nice, easy way to take a nap. So, um, you know, I, I, really, I really love my CPAP. You know, I can get it. you know, I have a spine injury, so I can't get good air very well. Like when I talk, it's hard to talk. So, I use a CPAP at night. I get big, big, big breaths of air. It helps to open up my lungs. And it gets really cool. mm-hmm. I like it. So don't be afraid of it. And, and you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: they've got battery operated ones now. You can use like if your power goes out and all you're camping. So that's a good thing uh-huh. too.
0: Oh wow! Oh, nifty. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Travel. <laughs>
2: travel CPAP. Yeah.
0: You're, <laughs> you're welcome.
3: Wow. So it's I use uh, a a trilogy. <laughs> Uh, if you can get your hands on a trilogy, uh, uh-huh. boy, that's a catch me because they're silent and they they are battery-powered if if your uh, power goes out. So you're covered. Oh, really? how, old, of it. How, old, how old is that trilogy, Gerald? Oh, my lands. I've had it about seven years, six, seven years.
2: Really? Battery off? there. Uh, that's cool.
3: Uh, well, it runs off electricity, but if the power goes out, it it automatically kicks over. You don't mess the breath.
2: So oh, that's great. How is it very heavy? Is a heavy drill travel it's, with it? It's, it's
3: not it's that heavy. It's uh, oh, I'd say ten pounds, fifteen, maybe.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, how but it's to work
2: All Yeah. How long will operate on battery, Gerald?
3: About, uh, I think, up to eight hours, I believe. Yeah. Oh, my they guess. told me. Uh, my powers like, went out several cycle. times. Yeah. It,
2: <laughs> right.
3: Uh, can you imagine
2: man, your that your you die from? You, can you imagine <laughs> that your battery's <laughs> out and you die from sleep apnea? It's crazy.
1: Uh.
3: Wouldn't that, well, it'd be possible, yeah. Yeah, you want the 43. battery <laughs> back <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Have <yeah>. the
0: backup. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, sleep apnea is oh. dangerous.
0: Yeah. They always said that my... people who had sleep apnea were generally like, older, or maybe they had, like, thick necks or thick tongues or large tonsils. Is it always the case, or is it sometimes? No.
2: Yeah, no, it's not the case. You know, historically, it was It was kind of a mystery diagnosis. You know, people, all these old guys that die in their sleep, you know. And mm-hmm. now we get more sophisticated. You know, the testing tests about, I don't know, 10 or 12, 15 things. And so we have a mm-hmm. lot more. There's a whole science, there's a whole part of medicine that's sleep. Specialty with testing and so on. So, you know, getting more and more sophisticated about different causes. You know, it can be brain, spinal cord, neck. You know, lung problems. You know, diaphragm, ribs. There's like a lot of different causes of it. So it's not just the weight. You still always talk about you know obesity was a big problem. But
3: usually you know, so I think mainly uh, older people have a tendency to fall into a shallow breathing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh a stage and mm-hmm. you just keep breathing, and shower and shower uh shower and uh, mm-hmm. this this gives you ever i mean mine does anyway the trilogy uh, I don't think I noticed it so much with regular path, but it gives you that extra up. Uh, uh, a little sludge air That will uh, I guess uh, Naturally Get you to break I know you really feel relaxed After you slept with it <laughs> uh-huh. I'll Yeah you Something, about, there's something about deep
2: breaths People mm-hmm. meditate They take deep breaths and exercise That's part of what exercise does It takes those deep breaths And it changes the hormones in your body I think it's very effective but wow, it
0: changes the hormones in someone's body. But
1: like,
2: yeah, I think there's, I think that there's, you know, probably. I don't know exactly, but I think there's some hormonal changes that go on with the with breathing, you know. Mm. You know, somehow it relaxes you. you
3: know. Oh, it does. Uh, it uh, once you slept with them and get used to them, I'm not to do without mine, but. Now, it started out with a CPAP, and it was like a drying machine, sound like a hay baler. But uh, my doctor switched me over to this trilogy, and I've loved it. So. Good. Good to hear. Well,
1: folks, folks have I to, hate, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we are totally out of time today.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. It was great speaking with you. Thank you.
3: Well,
2: you call back in
0: yep, anytime. Any have a Let good day.
2: Let us know how you do with that CPAP when you get it
0: working. We'll yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yep. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
2: Well, Doctor Bash, we've got a good one for the archives. <laughs> there we go. Doctor Bash, VeteransNet yeah. If you want to find me, call Skip nine two five three eight one seven five six one. And we'll try right. to help you out. And, uh,
1: we'll follow back up with Doctor Bash in a couple of weeks, folks. We've got uh he's got several issues we're discussing and it's uh, just part of his uh he does a thing called the bash bulletins. You go on his site and look at his bash bulletins, he digs, he goes into a lot of detail on a lot of issues. Not just spine, but a whole bunch of other issues. So, other than that, we're GP thinking about classes coming. Yeah.
2: DBQs. D Qs, CP exams. Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. I should. yeah. Do you guys have some questions about?
1: Go ahead.
3: Oh. It's fading
2: out. I
3: think it's
2: battery. You some topic for a seat, for Bash Bolton? Let me know, and I can try and make one. You know. Special. Okay. We'll
1: put your thinking caps on, folks. Uh, you know, you. I'm sure you you might you might regret that point. You might regret that statement, Doctor Bash. <laughs> 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 all,
2: right.
3: Y'all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all
2: right. See you guys later. Uh, okay. All right. We'll see you next time.
3: All right. Thank, Thank you, Doctor Bash.
2: Hey, welcome.
1: Yeah, fine. Folks, I want to thank you for listening. Journal okay. thanks for coming on being a co host, baby. We uh, we'll do this again what? soon.
3: Been my pleasure.
1: All righty. Uh, well folks till the next time. This is Basher, and we're signing off for now. You have been listening to The Basher Hour. The Basher Hour is brought to you by Had Stay tuned next week for another edition of The Basher Hour and TheHat.com Blog Talk Radio Show.
2: Thanks for listening.